One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to bluenile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at bluenile.com for $50 off your purchase. bluenile.com code LISTEN. Welcome back to the Moon Underwater, folks, for part two of Sindhu V's Navigation of the Realms of Desire, where she is creating her dream pub. And what a pub it's turning out to be, and what a wonderful guest she is. But before we continue stocking the bar at Sindhu V's pub, we must have the answers to those quiz questions, Robin Allender. Thanks, John. So this week's quiz was about how old are these celebrities at the time of recording? So question one was the writer of The Rocky Horror Show and presenter of The Crystal Maze, Richard O'Brien. So, Cindy, you jumped in with 60 there. Any advance on 60? <laughs> I just shouted 60. I don't know. <laughs> I reckon he's 74. 74. He's 79. He'll be 80 in March 2022. <gasps> Remarkable. It's great if you're bald. It's great if you're bald. I will say that. He hasn't aged a day. Question two was Dame Judy Dench. Dame Judy Dench. How old's Dame Judy James Judy Bench? Judy, Judy, Judy? I don't know. I mean, she looks... I, I don't know. She's great. I, I, I don't want to answer that because I know how okay, old Keanu okay. Reeves is, so I'm not yeah. going to answer the other one. Okay, okay. okay. John, uh, what do you reckon? I think, uh, I think Judy Dench is 82. That's I think a good she's guess. younger than Helen Mirren, though. I don't know how old Helen Mirren is. Judy Dench is... She's over 80. Yes, she, Judy Dench was 87 on the 9th of December, 2021. Are you shitting me? She's 87? Yes. Yes, Dude, indeed. are you joking me? In three years, she's 90? Yeah. Anyway, James Doody. Um, we've got Keanu Reeves. So you think you've got... You, you, 57, 57. I know he's 57. John? I put 53, even though I Googled him last night. He's 57. Night. He is 57, Sindhu. Well done. I know that because he's a year younger than my sister. Lovely stuff. That's the first correct answer of the quiz. Mm. Andy Peters, then. Question four was Andy Peters. Andy Peters was a children's TV presenter when I was growing up. He used to present in the broom cupboard, but now he does lots of other TV work. For me, his high point was begging Pizza Express for a Soho 69 card on Twitter because, and I quote, Amanda Holden's got one. <laughs> so partridge. He's, he's, I'm going to say he's 51. That is superb, John. Sorry, Cindy, I didn't give you a guess. Is he 51? No, I don't know who the guy is. So okay, yeah, he's oh, 50, he is well 51. Done. He's 52 in June, in, sorry, in July 2022, next year, as we record this. 
So last one was Sir Paul. Sir Paul McCartney, what are you saying? 79. 79, 79, 79. John? I've also said 79. Because he's a year younger than my in-laws. Yeah, oh, brilliant. Yeah, 79 will be 80 next year in 2022. Uh, not sure Look when this podcast that. will go out, but yeah, he's 79. Well done. It's too all. Brilliant. Too all. Well done, Cindy. I don't Yay. have a tiebreaker. Although we could Google Helen Mirren if we wanted a tiebreaker. Actually, let's do this. How old am I? Don't Google it, John. I mean, I, I was on your Wikipedia page in my mind about, about half an hour ago. Fuck's sake. No, that doesn't count because he's been on Wikipedia because usually people don't ever guess and then I would be right because I know my age and John would be wrong, but now he's been on Wikipedia. Fuck that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not always accurate. I'm 52. I'm 52. I was going to say 45. Yay, Robin, love you. No, I'm 52. I will say, I will say that, can I just say, this is not related to pubs, but can I say it? Yeah. I have been so worried um, in the last couple of years about, 52 just sounds like so, like it sounds older than I certainly feel, but it also sounds like then you're like in a box of like you're old. And if you're an old chick, then, but then I think, you know what? Let people know I'm 52 and then I'm going to do the things I'm going to do. And then you will change your, your idea of 52. Don't change your idea of me. Change your idea of 52. I think people value authenticity over youth. Mm. Yeah, but I'm just saying, yeah, well, I hope so. Thank you. As we say in India, Tumhari mein ghee shakkar, John Robbins. Oh, Which means in your mouth, may there be sugar and butter. So the things you say are so sweet and come true. Oh, wow. That's very nice. Oh. So I'm 52. Yeah. Which means I, you know, Judy Dench is what did you say, eighty some, eighty seven, and three times like. That's the thing. You don't realize how how young you are until you're twenty years older than you are, and then you realize you were still young then, and you're still young now. Yeah, and the problem is that you can't start. the The, the thing is, depending on what kind of person you are, if you don't take advantage of behaving how you feel rather than what number your age is, that time will go because life is like a river; it goes in one direction. Mm. And you can't step in the same river twice. What does that even mean? Can you not step in the... Ga- oh, yeah, you can't because it's gone. You can't step in the same bit of the river for sure. Mm, mm, mm. What's that phrase mean, though? Why do people say that? Sorry. I, it's Wittgenstein. There's, there's a philosopher called Wittgenstein who said it, and I'm not sure. Wittgenstein said that, and I never knew then because I did political philosophy. I don't know what he meant then, and I still don't know now. I also think people who liked Wittgenstein were a bit wankery. So. Yeah, because mm. there's a stream near my house, and you, I've stepped in it twice. 100%. I've been in the Ganges every year. My mother used to make me go underwater in the Ganges, and all you could think of as a kid was, God, let there not be a dead body. God, let there not be a dead body. God, let there not be a dead body. But we went into the Ganges every year, so how could we not step in it twice? I think it just means. Um, I think it just means everything changes, but but you. No, that's, that's take that. But yeah, you, you get the idea. <laughs> I, I, I think it. I think it just means everything yeah, changes. Yeah, yeah. So you know, you can't go. Robin's in the same like, place let's move twice. this along, please. <laughs> yeah, Robin's like, let's move this on. So let's step back into the river of Sinduvi's Dream Pub, uh, where so far we have Guinness IPA Rebellion uh, from the Marlow Brewery. That was. Half my choice. Uh, gin and tonic in a can and 175 milliliter bottles of Laurent Perrier pink champagne with a straw because we're decadent. Uh, but now, Sindhu, I think we perhaps move into your wheelhouse with your two spirit choices. Yes. So um, Japanese whiskey, single malt and tequila, but Petron. So high quality tequila, not just any old tequila. Patron tequila. Any specific Japanese whiskey It's a very interesting area. I would say Nika. Uh, How do you spell that, please? N-I-K-K-A. 
of course, people would say hibiki, but <laughs> hibiki is like saying, you know, I like wine and then saying something like, yeah, I like a big amarone. Yeah, whatever. Like, do you even know what wine is? That's just a name, big name you throw out. So um, I would say Nika. I would say, would I say Yamasaki? Yeah, okay, fine, Yamasaki, fine. Hang on, which one are we going for? Nika, Nika, Nika. So I've never had Japanese whiskey. So when did you first have it? And what's the difference? What are the key differences with, with Scottish or Irish whiskeys? Great question. Um, I didn't drink whiskey at all until I was a mother. And then I was like, oh. The, 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 the thing with having small children is you don't have, you know, you can't drink great quantities because you're always on a time thing. Whiskey has a wonderful quality. of You have to drink very little to get where you need to be. Let's put it that way, <laughs> which is kind of, you know, mildly not present. Mm. Um, also very calorically, I would say, not from a gluten point of view, not great, but calorically fine. So it's a you bit know? like having a double espresso as opposed to 10 cups of tea. 100%. Who has 10 cups of tea to stay awake? A moron. So double espresso, you get there, low calories, you're moving on. So but then also, I so I started whiskey like that, but then I really came to appreciate it as a wonderful thing by yourself at night, a little whiskey. You know, because you get to a point where you don't want to get fucked up every time you drink. But you also don't want to be inhaling hundreds of calories for no good reason. A lot of my friends are big on white wine, my women friends. And I'm like, dude, this is not flavored water. Literally two glasses of this is four magnum, so good luck. Nika is great. It's just smooth. It goes down. It's not, yeah, I just love it for that reason, that it's not oaky, it's not peaty, it's smooth, and, you know, you're having a whiskey, but it's not heavy duty. And what about the tequila? When did that enter your life? Well, I found that when you go out on school nights with, like, the moms uh, if you drink tequila on the rocks, you have a very good time, but you have no hangover. <gasps> Whoa. Oh, okay. Other mothers, what kind of time they have is less certain, but you have an extraordinarily good time and no hangover. And I mean, so I don't mean tequila slammers. I mean, just, you know, Tequila on the rocks, just take it easy. I've also recently discovered vodka does the same thing with vodka. The problem for me with vodka is I start telling the truth. And this is a huge issue. <laughs> Have you been drinking I vodka today? I, no, no, no. This is, I mean, this is, this is a fun conversation. Yeah, the other day we had gone out and I was drinking vodka on the rocks. I just watched Real Housewives of New York. And my husband said to me, you need to switch to Coca-Cola. It's uncomfortable. You're literally telling people what you think of them. I was like, oh, <laughs> so I just switched to Coca-Cola. Coke Zero, obviously, not Diet Coke, but yeah. So tequila, it's great. It's great. It's no hangover. You have a great time. And you know, you know those evenings, you guys, where you go out, you've got a babysitter so you don't have to get home. 20% of you thinks this evening could go anywhere. I need to be ready. That's what tequila on the rocks is for. It doesn't have to go there, but if it does, you're ready. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. 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 Well, great choices, uh, Sindhu. But uh, now we move over to the uh, bookshelves of the moon underwater as the lovely Robin Allender enters in a new publy tome into the moon underwater pub library. Oh, that's interesting. Thanks, John. Yeah, every week we 
add a new book or author to the pub library. And this week, it's a Scottish poet called W.S. Graham, who's absolutely brilliant. I love W.S. Graham. So a similar generation to Dylan Thomas. Um, he's a fantastic poet. And you know, John, sometimes I read read something out and you said, oh, that's great, but it doesn't have, really have anything to do with pubs. Yeah. You know, sometimes that happens. And then sometimes we also worry that maybe the pub podcast is too kind of London-centric. Yeah. We kind of worry about that. So this is a poem that isn't about pubs and is about London, which is quite... <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but the reason I chose it is because we've recently gone out on some lovely walks and pub crawls around London, particularly that one we went around Holborn. And I'm quite new to London. Like, obviously, I've been there a lot. But as a newcomer someone who's only recently moved to London, I still find it amazing to walk around old London, the city of London. It's so beautiful. And whenever I walk around, you know, uh, Holborn or wherever, I always kind of think of this poem because it's such a brilliant poem about being a newcomer in London. And so it's called The Night City. I love it. Unmet at Euston in a dream of London under Turner's steam, misting the iron gantries, I found myself running away from Scotland into the Golden City. I ran down Grey's Inn Road and ran till I was under a black bridge. This was me at 19, late at night arriving between the buildings of the City of London. And then I, oh I have fallen down, fell in my dream beside the Bank of England's wall to bed, me with my money belt of northern ice. I found Elliot, and he said yes and sprang into a Holmes cab. Boswell passed me in the fog, going to visit Whistler, who was with John Dunn, who had just seen Paul Potts shouting on Soho Green. Midnight, I hear the moonlight chiming on St. Paul's. The city is empty, night watchmen are drinking their tea. The fire had burnt out, the plague's pit had closed and gone into literature. Between the big buildings, I sat like a flea crouched in the stopped works of a watch. Oh, oh that's good stuff. Oh, yes, that's please. So, it's so good. That's I love it. so good, man. Oh, it. it's so nice. It makes me feel like so, I don't know, young to hear that. Yeah, it's like that the kind first of time I came, you know. Yeah, exactly. That feeling of being young and arriving. It's that in kind London. of curiosity yeah. of curiosity. When I first came to London, it was. And I, it was to work and, you know, I went, my job was in Canary Wharf. So, but other people who worked in the same industry worked in what's called the city. Mm. And I remember going to Peterborough Court and um, Farringdon and being like, wow. Mm. And I had friends who were lawyers and they were in Lincoln's Inn and it just felt like you could turn every corner. You felt like something was amazing. Yeah, yeah. And I come from a country of very old things. So in India, it's like old things, but... There's something about the urbanness of London which feels ancient and full of, full of, what's the word? It feels, it's very energized. It was very energized for me. I felt like I could go anywhere and do anything and I could achieve anything. Mm. One thing I love about London is it's so, it's so old as a city. And after the Great Fire, they commissioned all these different architects to redesign London with sort of like like the block system in New York or concentric circles. And because everyone just went back to where their house was, all the streets stayed the, stayed the same. So London kind of doesn't really make any sense. Mm. Yeah. In terms of its layout. It's a genuine sort of evolved city. I love that because I find, I find that in my experience, in my experience, and I'm not saying this works for everyone, 
great achievement comes out of massive chaos. Mm. And I and that's what I love about London. Yeah. If that makes sense. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah, it absolutely yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. You know, so so much of London and you know, a lot of major cities is an accident or it's a piece of repair work. It's a sort of a patch or a plaster put on something that then becomes the thing you're trying to save or yeah. the thing that has the most resonance. Yeah. yeah. And very well read. What was the poet in the poem again, Robin? That was called um, The Night City by W.S. Graham. Very, very good. Well, we don't just have a library here. We also have a jukebox, Sindhu, and we need you to put on your dream pub album onto that jukebox so it can play for whomever or whoever whomever yeah whomever visits the moon underwater hence uh, so what would you put on uh, your dream pub jukebox george michael's album older nice. Ooh, talk to me about your relationship with george michael i could talk to you about my relationship with that album because that was the first album i really thought about george michael prior to that i'd lived mm-hmm. in india and we had wham and you know wake me up before you go i thought what fucking nonsense is this but um I was like, this is because I'm a huge Prince fan. Um, and I was like, what is this rubbish? But then older, you know, that song like Jesus to a child. Mm. There's so much pain and loss, but such incredible love in that album. Mm. And it was introduced to me by a boy I was seeing at the time who was very non-emotional. But he told me that listen, he, he would play this album for the CD for me. And we had a very, very short and extremely intense romance in the sense I'd never really dated anyone who had so little handle on their feelings, but seemed to be so emotionally savvy, but have no, no capacity to be emotional. I was like, what weird mind fuckery is this? Yeah. Um, we also had incredible sex, so that always helps to make everything fun. Um but he gave me this album and he told me about George. He's huge in music and he like had this he, he was he was studying in England and he'd come to the to America briefly. There was a magazine called Q magazine. Mm. And he always had Q magazine. He was always and I, I'm like, whatever, what's Q magazine? I didn't know what it was. But he would memorize tracks from, you know, music stuff. And he told me that George Michael played his own music and he told me this and that. But the thing about that album which always struck me was it's an album for when you're lonely, but for good reason, because you have lost love that mattered a lot. And there's no way to lose love that matters a lot and not feel lonely. Often we think of loneliness as something that's put upon us for no good reason. That's not true. Sometimes you're lonely because you lost something so great. fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, I'm Adam Hurry, host of Football Clichés, a truly unique podcast brought to you by The Athletic. Twice a week, my guests and I tear apart the language of football, the words, the phrases, the mannerisms and the weird habits of everyone involved in the game. From the shoes that football pundits are legally required to wear, to the didn't play for Sam Allardyce's Bolton but really should have done 11, Football Clichés explores all the tiny things that you didn't realise you cared about, but believe me, you do. So we have one more choice uh, for you, for your bar, Sindhu. You have a wild card. Uh, just to recap, you've got Guinness and Rebellion IPA. You've got gin and tonic in a can, 175ml bottles of Laurent Perrier pink champagne. You've got uh, Nika, Japanese whiskey, and a Patron tequila. What's your final choice, your wild card choice? Uh, Malibu and hot chocolate. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Tell me everything. I Look, man, I didn't grow up with a lot of booze around me. My parents had great cocktail parties. My dad had long hair and wore batik shirts and made things with angostra bitters in them. But, you know, it it was something you were supposed to figure out after you were married and you were grown up. No one talked to me about it. And then I went to Oxford and I had a – I played basketball for the university and there was a woman, Micah Hensman, she was, uh, I think she was like, she was taller than me, German. She was at Brazenose doing biochemistry. Um, and also, Micah, if you're listening to this, yeah, it's about you. She's also the godmother of one of my kids. Um, I My heart broke. Um, I tended to give my heart away easily. So obviously broke. I mean, whatever. I mean, what a moron I was. And then I went to her and she lived um, in a cottage across, what was the meadow called? Something with P. University Parks? No. Uh, Port Meadow. Oh, Port, Port, Meadow. Port Meadow. Port Meadow. So she lived Port Meadow. Yeah, and I went there crying. I biked. Oh, my God. My heart is broken. She was like, oh, here we go again. And she said to me, I'm going to make you a drink. It's going to be great. And she made me a hot chocolate because I love sweets. And she put Malibu. I'd never heard of Malibu in my life. She put Malibu in it. I'm from India. I like coconuts. Like, we eat it with everything. I've never tasted such a tasty drink in my life. Wow. The downside was I drank it and then drove into like this huge water part. There was like a water body in the meadow. I drove into that. We had to come back to Micah's like, uh, but great drink. That's incredible. I've never even heard of a Malibu and hot chocolate. Oh, my God. Micah Hensman special. So good. And just to be clear, the moon underwater does not condone drink driving. 
No, not 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 even on your bike, by the way. No. Oh, oh, you're on your bike. I was well, on a bicycle. Okay, well, certainly not in a car, and actually, personally, not on a bike either, because it's still against the law. However, obviously, the risk is to an extent mitigated. However, people are still injured and killed by drunk cyclists. So don't do just that. Just to cover all bases. Uh, so Malibu and hot chocolate sounds like a, it's like a summer and a winter drink all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Here's the way that drink works. Hot chocolate, amazing. You need it in winter. The idea that coconuts have to do with summer is a very Western idea. No one in the East thinks coconuts. Are, no, coconuts are 12 months of the year. But the thing with the coconut that makes it fun is the alcohol. If she had made me a hot chocolate with just essence of coconut, I'd be like, what the shit is this? But it was Malibu. <laughs> it was nice. tasty. You're bad. Well, superb heartbreak warming drink there, Malibu and hot chocolate. But obviously, Sindhu, you're in charge not just of the uh, drinks in your pub, not just the music, but also the rules and regulations. So you're allowed to bar one thing from your pub. What's it going to be? Children, children, children. Don't bring your kids to the pub. You know what? There's there's a gymboree, there's the park, there's the movies. This is a pub. This is adults drinking alcohol because they have shit to deal with. Do not bring your children here. And just to be clear, because we've had differing views on the banning of children from pubs, uh, the moon underwater, you're speaking as a mother of three, am I correct? As a mother of three. One of them is 20, but like, don't go to the same pub as me, kiddo. Go to your own pub. <laughs> so would you have taken your kids to the pub when you were, when when your kids were younger? We went to these places that are called gastropubs, which is just, a, it's just a restaurant, which for some reason wants to say it's a pub. We went to those. I did not treat them as pubs. I treat them as restaurants. Mm. I mean, there's nothing publy about them. A, I, they call themselves a pub. It's not a pub. I could not agree with you more. It's just a place that you can eat on a Sunday and your grandma's there. Whatever. Yeah. There's nothing, I could get that on a t-shirt, gastropubs. There's nothing publy about them. No. So I went to those. I had to sit around and say, ah, it's a pub. It's not a pub. It's a fucking restaurant with the word pub in the name. Fine, whatever. What do you want? Okay, fine. So I don't want that. That's not to me a pub. That's a restaurant that for some reason feels they should call themselves a pub. I will distinguish it from places that are pubs that serve food. Mm. You can. I tell you what, you can tell the difference in the smell when you walk in. You can smell a gastro pub. Yeah, you can, well, actually, you can tell the difference in the number of fucking children running around <laughs> in a gastro pub. You're like, what the... Because here's the thing. Okay, let me, let me break this down in my opinion. There was, when I moved here in the late 90s, this idea that some pubs were so cool because they were gastro pubs, even the name. They were like pubs which had kind of got this kind of cool food vibe, but it was still a pub. So they weren't a restaurant. I was like, dude, you do not know who you are. That's why you're throwing all this shit at me. You do not know who you are. Never mistake confusion about identity with choice about identity. Never mistake those two things. Yes. Don't throw shit at a wall and say, hey, we've got lots of different shit here. Mm. No. So, for example, a gastropub never has comedy. Thank you. That's because no one in their right mind is going to a gastropub to have a good time. Yeah, I don't want anyone watching stand-up whilst eating a roast dinner. Oh, yeah. So anyway, so yeah, I don't want kids because of the whole gastropub thing. And if you're a gastropub, you're not a real pub to me. It's nothing publy. Mm. There is a pub near me that does really good food. And I was, and it's recently sort of converted into being really foodie. 
And I said to them, are you just open as a pub? And they said, yeah, we are. And I was like, but I would never really want to go there just for a drink because everyone's just eating burgers. Like, everyone is eating burgers. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's a pub on Kensington Church Street I went to when I first moved here, Kensington Church Street, uh, called the Church Alarms. They serve Thai food. It was a pub pub. They just happened to serve Pad Thai. That's not a gastro pub. They did, there wasn't a big, there, there wasn't a big hoo-ha about where you sat down and, you know, whatever. You just went and you said, I'll have some Pad Thai. They said, okay. But it still felt very pubby. Yeah, yeah. Some people, some places get the balance right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's a lovely place in Primrose Hill called The Engineer. Yeah. Great food. It's not pubby. Mm. Well, the, I think the key is separate rooms. Yeah. Hurry up, please. It's time. Sindhu, it's been emotional. Uh, I feel we have we've shared so much, and we thank you so much for your time. But we do need to name this pub of yours. Yes, and I wanted to tell you that my mother said, some people they love each other, but they fight a lot. But when they go to the pub, sab ho jata, everything gets better. That is what they are like. And I always imagined a pub was a place where things were better. So I would like to name my pub The Mended Heart. Oh. I'm, I'm disappointed you didn't call it the jet fuel of my slag phase. I think that would be a great name. Oh, you can call it that. That's <laughs> what. But I have to tell you, that was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I have to say, I always... And one thing about being a, com- a comic was I didn't know how much comedy happened in pubs. And I didn't go to pubs when I was in Oxford. So when I did go to pubs a lot was in comedy. And... You walk into a pub and that smell, that semi-stench that hits you, for me, it's forever associated with the adrenaline that, am I going to be funny? Is this going to work? Because also a lot of pub comedies when I was like starting out, um, I have a great deal of respect for pubs. I feel they've been around longer than me and they'll stay around longer than I will. They'll outlive us all. Well, Sindhu V, thank you so much for joining us on The Moon Underwater. We have absolutely loved having you here and we wish you well. Uh, But before you leave, which song uh, by George Michael from the album Older would you like to play you out of The Moon Underwater? Like Jesus to a Child. There you go. Bye-bye, Sindhu. Bye-bye now. Do take care. We wish you all the best on your journey hence. And next week, we'll be joined by beer writer and award-winning beer writer who's written over 60,000 books on beers and pubs, uh, the incomparable Pete Brown. So look forward uh, to chatting to him about his perfect pub. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health 
Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.